just when you thought there was no hope for baby boomers. It's the Rational Boomer Podcast. Logic, common sense, compassion. Yeah, who knew? Now, here's Mike. We are back on the Rational Boomer Podcast. It's been a flurry of things going on this week, and we're fortunate to have Ed back with us. We talked last week about getting together after the um, the January 6th meeting on Monday, and uh, the January 6th meeting was everything we could have hoped for, at least for me. I think some people were disappointed, but I think it was a good thing. So, Ed, welcome back to the Rational Boomer podcast. Hopefully, you're well-rested because we got some shit to talk about. Indeed, and in the spirit of the season, I am the ghost of Christmas yet to come. (laughs) (laughs) Well, let's just hope there's one coming. I mean, we're going to get this one this year, but with all that's going on, I'm not putting any bets on what the future holds because it's going to be strange, to say the least. Did you watch the hearing on Monday? Did you watch the meeting? I did. Uh, I watched, uh, yeah, I even watched the, the hour going into it on MSNBC. And um, um, nothing new, really. It was nice to have something of a recap. Um, at first, I thought, you know, they could have made this a little more dramatic, but then I realized something. And this, this is, uh, this was, uh, some other folks were talking about this this morning. Uh, if they had made it a circus, it would have been a lot less effective. What they did do was keeping the uh, the the folks who managed this whole thing, keeping their profile low, keeping themselves basically in an introduction of each thing, and uh, um, letting um, really letting the Republicans tell the story. Uh, most of the folks they interviewed, most of the people they put up were. Um, you know, Trump's enablers or Trump's uh, right. folks who who were, were were part of it, who then turned on him because they realized, or or um, when they were forced to testify, they at least seemingly told the truth um, because they had to, I guess. Um, so uh, yeah, I think they did a good job with it. Um, I, I hope folks don't get their their hopes up too high because. Um, it really was. I mean, the, the Republicans are right in saying that it was sort of one-sided because you had two never-Trumper uh, um, Republicans and the rest Democrats, so nothing was challenged. You know, it was presented, but nobody challenged it. Now, now it has to go to the DOJ, where they know in a courtroom every word, every period, every comma will be cha- will be uh, uh, challenged, and they have to determine if they can prove beyond a shadow of a doubt that Trump inspired uh, an insurrection. Well, you saw the four charges. If they can prove any of them, that's plenty. Yeah. Um, uh, and uh, but uh, but I don't know. I mean, Mary Garland is uh, he was chosen to be on the Supreme Court. Then, of course, that was he was cheated out of that. But uh, he is a deliberative person. Um, he got Timothy McVeigh. He took a long time to do it. Uh, now he's handed this off to Jack Smith, and uh, uh, who is known to be, uh, you know, a tough guy prosecutor. But they they really will have to determine if they have the case they need to take it to court. 
Well, and, and we haven't seen that yet. Well, yeah, we haven't seen a lot of that stuff yet. You know, the thing about it is, as far as the argument that there was no pushback or no opposition during the January 6th committee, they had a, their opportunity. They had three opportunities. Kevin McCarthy made bad choices. He fucked up. Yeah. And sometimes yeah. you've got to pay for being fucked up. I think what people have to understand about that meeting, that was just leading up to the circus. Because where the circus will come into play, you mentioned that this evidence is going to go to the DOJ, but it's also going to go to the media. It's going to go to every blogger, every guy on TikTok and woman on TikTok, everybody on Instagram. And this evidence is going to be picked through and exposed. And that is going to end up being a circus because, of course, the media and everybody else on the Internet loves a fucking circus. That's where the drama is going to come. This is just, that was just setting it up. Uh, there were four counts. The fact that they, uh, refers Donald Trump and John Eastman is unprecedented. This has never happened in the history of this country. But I think where people got caught up and maybe disappointed, they said Donald Trump, John Eastman, and others. Yeah. That, that seemed kind of, that seemed kind of vague. And the way they described others were, well, there are other people that that we could have referred, but we didn't have the chance to talk to them. And then, of course, they talk about the, the, the four sitting members of Congress who refused to um, testify, and they are now getting ethics uh, referrals to the Ethics Committee. And people always say, who are the others? Well, those four guys the Andy Biggs, the Kevin McCarthy's, uh, the Jim Jordans, and the um, Scott, uh, whatever the fuck his name is, uh, are the guy, are, are some of the guys that they're probably in the mix, as well as others. The evidence will expose those people, and that's where the circus will come in. Um, I think a lot of people thought that something dramatic was going to happen coming out of that meeting, and it wasn't because they have no legal authority. It's just a matter of exposing information to the public and uh, passing on evidence to the DOJ, and the DOJ will take a entirely different tact, as you pointed out, dealing with said evidence. Yeah, and um, personally, I think anybody who asked for a pardon uh, should have been referred. But uh, but as you say, uh, that's yet to come. The ethics committee referrals, unless they get real busy in the next week, nothing's going to come of that because, of course, the Republicans will have charge of that committee uh, turn uh, once uh, once well, the calendar flips over and nothing well, will happen. Let me let me ask you about <laughs> that because I, I said that too prior to knowing something else from what I understand, what I've read since what I said initially is that they're saying that the ethics committee is always an even split, no matter who's in power. I believe which, that's the case, which makes sense. So, I mean, it wouldn't really make a difference if it's, if it's prior to or after the switch, if it's an even split. That said, it's just an ethics thing. They're going to get slapped on the wrist at the very most. It's not even something to consider. But it does show um, that they kind of fit the bill for what what the J6 committee said about people not testifying that could have been referred. So, I mean, whatever whatever the J6 committee does, it really doesn't matter in terms of the legal aspect. If the evidence is there, 
the DOJ will go after it. And now they not only have the evidence they've gathered in their grand jury, but all the evidence from the J6 committee. So anybody, just because they weren't referred doesn't mean anything, doesn't mean they're not going to be indicted. No, uh, I, I'm not sure what, I'm sure that the chairman of the committee real, wields some power. Probably. And they might be able to uh, maybe limit uh, what they look at, that sort of thing. Um, or they would certainly be able to, uh, you know, call, quote, witnesses, different things. They, they could, I think, have an effect on it. Also, I think uh, it doesn't really matter what they do. I mean, they can censure someone, I suppose, in an extreme case. They could vote to expel them or take away their committee assignments, uh, like was done with Marjorie Taylor Greene. Others, uh, other things they can do, but it's 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 on the DOJ now, and and really uh, the standard is beyond a shadow of a doubt um, before they can uh, really do anything, uh, um, and and they will look. And if they believe they have any evidence to do that, in this case, I guess it's Jack Smith's call, in conjun- probably in consultation with Barry Gard, yeah. that they will, uh, um, if they think they can meet that standard, they will indict. Otherwise, they probably won't. Uh, and that includes Trump. Uh, the value, I think, of the January 6th committee has been to bring to light stuff that perhaps the DOJ on their own might not have found. Um, although or exposed to they, us. Right. And that they don't know what the DOJ has. They may have many, many more um, elements of testimony, proof and so forth that we don't even know about. I mean, we uh, until we just this past week got uh, the release of more text messages from Mark Meadows cell phone. Now, they've known about those all along. That just didn't happen. Right. You know, I mean, that just didn't happen last week. It's just they released them. Well, actually, somebody, like, I guess they were probably leaked, right? Um, Accidentally uh, on purpose leaked. Yeah. I'm yeah. Sure. Yeah. Um, it was uh, one of the one of the web based uh, uh, groups that that put those out there, not the DOJ per se. But all we can do is wait now and uh, hope that. Uh, that there is enough evidence and that it can be done. But, but still, I think just airing this, just putting it on the television because the, the Republicans are all saying, Oh, nobody watched, nobody watched. And that's bullshit. I mean, uh, not everybody watched, but I think anybody who's interested in politics enough to go vote uh, on a consistent basis probably did watch, or at least watch the recaps of it. And um, they they know that there is a pretty good chance that, that Trump tried to incite an insurrection. Or as, as Jamie Raskin said on Morning Joe this morning, he tried to incite an erection. But <laughs> right, right. And he's still working on it. Uh, yeah. no, you, you know, the thing of it is, uh, whenever they say something like that, well, nobody watched it. If this were the 70s or 80s or 90s, I would say, okay, you got a point there. But whether everybody watched it, like there was a chance I wasn't going to be able to watch the meeting because I had to be somewhere. But I would still get all the information from that meeting and the recaps and the clips and all this stuff and whatever I could read. Regardless of how many people physically sat down and watched it as it was happening live, isn't really a good indication of who 
learned things from it because everybody will learn things from it. And again, it doesn't matter how many people watch that hearing. What's going to happen is is the evidence is going to come out and people in the media, people like me or you are going to pick things off the website and we're going to do a whole fucking show on any one of them. So this is going to be a continual circus or shit show of evidence as it comes out and people are going to focus on those things. And trust me, everybody will hear about it. It's true. And and they can try all they want to delegitimize the, the committee, but as a matter of fact, I saw some stuff yesterday where they were saying, well, the only two Republicans were rhinos or they were leaning Democrat. And that, and that again, is total bullshit. If you look at the records of, of Cheney and uh, um, the other guy whose name Kinsinger. is Kinsinger. Yeah, Kinsinger, they voted uh, the straight Republican line 99% of the time. And even after they were on the committee when there were votes, they voted against things that... that, that um, that, that riled me up to see that they did, but, you know, I gave them a pass because they were doing the right thing here. Right. I can't, I guess I can't really demand that Republic, every, all, every Republican suddenly becomes a Democrat because of the malfeasance of a, a few people. Uh, they won't, but they're still wrong on the immigration. They're still wrong on taxes. They're still wrong on everything uh, that I can possibly think of. Uh, the big problem I have with Republicans is their failure to negotiate. Um, You know, they, they cast aspersions on Obamacare, but they refuse to negotiate. So uh, what they, we wound up with was what the Democrats were able to put together. They, uh, they, they uh, demonize uh, what, what is happening at the border, but their Obama since Obama and before really, they've been trying, the Democrats have been trying to negotiate something to do with immigration for decades, practically, and the Republicans refuse to negotiate because they love having that wedge. Oh, the Democrats are, are uh, they love immigrants and they want them to vote and all this. It's all crap, of oh, course, yeah. and, and it could be solved so easily if they would only come to the table. Everybody gives a little, and before you know it, the problem is solved. That's the way it's supposed to work, but no, no, no. They are so focused on having power and exercising power that they can't negotiate on anything lest people see the other guy as reasonable. They have to be demonized, and that's the problem with politics in America today. Well, the thing about it is is they're all excited about this power coming in the House of Representatives. And I, I, yeah. I tend to think that there is going to be very little power. You're going to have a, a division we already have a division in the Republican Party. It's going to be hard for anybody to come up with 218 votes unless they give the world away. I mean, which he's doing. Well, yeah. And, and he's going to have to give away his own security in order to get voted in, which he will probably do because he wants the title. But then what happens is you're going to have uh, them coming in the middle of the thing saying, you better do this or. We're going to take you out because they want to take they they want to take away the the security. They want to be able to have a no confidence vote at any time, and they will hold that over his head. But he'll give that up so that he can get the title. So what that will do is cause more 
more confusion and chaos within the Republican Party. You got two factions that can't can't agree on anything. And if they can't agree on anything, they don't have any fucking power. Then you throw into the fact that we've got all this evidence coming out and there's going to be news every day about somebody in that Republican House of Representatives who committed a crime or was corrupt in some way. The Republicans probably would have been better off election-wise if they lost the House because they're yes. going to be focused on them. They are going to accomplish nothing, and it will kick their ass in 2024. Exactly. I mean, the Senate is uh, is a body that uh, sustains or uh, or rewrites what the House comes up with, and then they reconcile it in many cases. But right. But because the funding starts in the House, everything starts there. And right. um, and and that means that nothing is going to happen. There's going to be a lot of noise and show, but there's nothing that will be done. And uh, the one thing that they will try to do is hold the debt ceiling hostage in order to try to get some concessions on, quote, entitlements. And that means Social Security, Medicare, and everything else that uh, – it doesn't feed the oligarchs, right? But uh, that they they will do that. I feel sure about that. But um, they there will be no business of the people done. It will be these these committees, um, and and they have shown the Democrats how to respond. Right. Issue your subpoena. I will ignore it. Right. What are you going to do? Yeah, what are you going to do? I mean, Jim Jordan's going to be head of the Judiciary Committee handing out <laughs> subpoenas, and he doesn't even show up for subpoenas. So why should – I mean, that's what I've always said about about the Republicans. They did what they did with Donald Trump in the uh, White House. They do what they do in Congress and with subpoenas and stuff. And all they are is setting the precedent so that nobody has to do it. They can't think far enough to head – uh, to realize that this shit is going to slap them in the face or could slap them in the face. I'm wondering, though, about the House of Representatives. When it's in all this confusion and they are sinking like a ship in the ocean, if there aren't some of the reasonable, relatively more reasonable Republicans who are trying to step away from the MAGA thing and uh, will end up negotiating with the Democrats, just in order to get some things done and to have some say over what gets done. You know, because to be perfectly honest, if you look at the House of Representatives, it appears as though as the Republicans have the majority. But in real terms, the Democrats have the majority because the Democrats can work together. The Republicans can't. They're separate. They're not one big unified party. They're two separate, smaller parties. And if they can't come together on something, if they're constantly blackmailing one another, it's just going to be a shit show over there. They aren't going to be able to accomplish anything. And if there are some Republicans that want to at least appear as though they're doing something to hopefully get votes in 2024, they're really going to have to negotiate with the Democrats and try to work something out and get some things done. Absolutely. And now one thing, one aside here I want to throw in here, 34 House Republicans exchanged text messages with Mark Matthews on January 6th. Right. And um, to me, all of them are culpable. I haven't read all of their messages or what they had to say, but they certainly knew what was going on and so forth. And they were talking 
with uh, the White House, Mark Meadows, uh, and, 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 and essentially talking to Trump, too. One of those was your own Tom Emmer. Right, and I just right. want to highlight that because I can't stand the guy. It's a piece and of shit. I don't, I don't understand how he keeps getting reelected because uh, he does nothing for Minnesota except obstruct. And uh, he's just a, a, a vile person. So um, I just want to highlight that, that he was one of those 34. Tom Emmer. It's not, just, it's not just the Deep South. We have people no, in, no. The, in the North here that are just as fucking horrible as any place else. As a matter of fact, that has become a credential for the Republicans in the House. And that is to be a vile person. You have to uh, you have to hate immigrants, uh, ha- hate uh, LGBTQT people. You have to hate um anybody that uh, isn't a straight white American. Right. Uh, and I'll even say, and it's almost like straight American male, um, right. because of course they're dumping on uh, women too, uh, both uh, conservative and uh, liberal women, because both want uh, access to safe abortion. That's obvious when it's put up for a vote, abortion wins. Right. When it, and, and that's simple. We, we see that everywhere. We see it in Kansas. We see it in South Carolina, wherever they do it, wherever there's a referendum on it. Women want access to abortion, period. And, that, you know, there's a small minority of crazies who don't, who think it's, uh, you know, that, that an angel brings the baby and uh, they're all, um, you know, and everything is uh, sweet and harmony after the child is born, uh, even though, even if it's a 10-year-old who was raped. And, and that's just insane. The, the women that typically are against abortion are too old to have children, are old, dried up, um, crazily religious people. That, uh, you know, that's the, that's the thing about the abortion thing. The people that seem to be the most against it, aren't in a position to have children. They can't procreate. They're too fucking old. And 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 that and that's where I think why we're seeing the the millennials and the Gen Zs crop up. You're getting all these old white people making decisions for the future of the millennials and the Gen Zs and they're getting fucking tired of it. So they're coming out in force uh to the elections. It was impressive in 2022 it'll be more impressive in 2024 and they're telling us that by 2028 millennials and gen z's will be the majority of the voters in this country then the republicans are fucked yeah i I put it on twitter the other day when you weren't looking uh to conservatives when you weren't looking we taught your kids soccer and you're never getting them back (laughs) right (laughs) exactly exactly (laughs) You know, you know what's interesting about this this meeting the other day. I, I heard Claire McCaskill. She's a former member of Congress, I think from yeah. Arizona. Uh, but but uh, she she said something interesting about this meeting. I mean, th- here we have a referral to a former president of the United States, a Republican president. This is unprecedented. It never happened in the history of our country. It will be in the history books forever, and it will be a time when people go back and look, what the fuck was going on then? But the interesting thing about that, absolutely no pushback, absolutely no try. way. They weren't trying to distract or divert 
anything about that. You noticed how the Republicans were very quiet, which is uncharacteristic for Republicans. They, you yeah. know, they, they, they've had meetings prior to meetings to try to divert it before it fucking happened. This one, they haven't said a word. Right. Well, um, they don't want to be tainted. They don't want to be aligned. They want to see how it's going to work out. You know, that's that's the thing. The, the, the crazies will always be out there jabbering. The Marjorie Taylor Greens, the, the Lauren Boberts, the the Andy Biggs, the, the, the Gozars. These people are going to run their mouth no matter what. And they're 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 Trump supporters forever because um Quite frankly, they're the same as he is. They have the same disregard for truth. They have the same disregard for anybody who isn't them. They have a disregard for anybody who won't give them money, apparently. But uh, they have, uh, they, you're never going to affect them. You seem to think there may be a few um, reasonable Republicans left. Uh, I think there may be in the Senate. I don't see that much in the House of Representatives. I mean, the two that we that I would say that 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 approved themselves were were uh, were Cheney and uh, right. the other guy, right, right, <laughs> whose no. name I for some reason can't internalize. But, well, there, uh, there there are some people in the House that voted to impeach Donald Trump. At least a couple that are still there. Um, so that we could start with them. You know, the, the the thing about it is, is a lot of people are saying. It looks like people are stepping away from Donald Trump. His his base is starting to diminish. The people who are supporting him, they look at him as the reason they failed in 2022. And the real fact of the matter is Donald Trump hasn't won an election since 2016. In 2018, he lost the House and the Senate. 2020, he lost the presidential race. Um, 2020-22, it was an embarrassment for the Republicans. I don't know why anybody would want to um, put their hopes on somebody who's a consistent loser. Some people are suggesting they're going to step away from Donald Trump. They'll throw him off to the side like politicians do. There's no loyalty. But for some reason, they want to hold on to Trumpism. Not necessarily Donald Trump, but the essence of what Trumpism is. And I think they're making a mistake because they think Donald Trump is the only reason they lost the 2022 uh, election. But it was also the bullshit they were trying to troll out to people, um, you know, the overturning abortion and doing all this kind of stuff. They think Donald Trump getting rid of him will be the thing that gets them votes again. And it's just not going to fucking work. Uh, no, it's not. Uh, as a matter of fact, I would say that, uh, Trumpism existed before Trump. I mean, what did Trump bring to the table? He came down that escalator and he immediately attacked immigrants. This came out of nowhere. He had never before expressed any sort of disdain or problems with immigrants or immigration in general. These were his Jews. Uh, He was going straight from the Hitler playbook, find somebody to demonize, and and he landed on that. He could just as easily have chosen uh, LGBTQ people or or, or some other group that he wanted to demonize. And, of course, eventually he got around to them. But uh, that's what he brought to the table. But everything else, all the the white supremacy, uh, all of that stuff predated him. And 
people talk about his tax cut. Well, it had nothing to do with him. That was that tax cut was pre-planned uh, and just waiting for a Republican president to, right. to get back in so they could launch it. Trumpism is Republicanism, and Republicanism now is Trumpism because he did put his stamp on it. But uh, uh, the problem with Republicans is Republicans, uh, with what they support, that they very clearly believe that the original Constitution that made uh, property-owning white men in charge of everything is the way it should be. And they will do everything they can possibly do to get back to that. That's what originalism is. Don't let anybody fool you. It's nothing but property-owning white men in charge, period. Right. Well, you know, the thing about it is, too, is that Trumpism, like you say, it's always been there. It's just that Donald Trump comes in and made it cool, or at least safe, to bring to the surface. I always say Donald Trump has created essentially – an STD or a fever blister with all these fucking vermin and vile fucks living below the surface. He just made it okay for them to come to the surface, talk loud and proud and cause all kinds of problems in this country. Well, before, right before you and I met, um, I had, uh, I had um, been working in an an outstate radio station that uh, they new ownership came in, <clears throat> got rid of the old staff, and uh, uh, brought in their own people from North Dakota. And uh, they said bye bye. And uh, my wife and I said, "What are we going to do? Are we going to look around for another outstate job, which I could have gotten without any trouble, um, um, or are we going to go back to the cities and try to, to make it in the big time?" And we we decided to do that. But in order to do that, I had to have a job. So I took a job telemarketing uh, for, uh, well, setting appointments for uh, siding and window salesmen. Yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me. And uh, and they sold other things like, you know, uh, security systems and that sort of thing. But basically, I got a quick education in telemarketing and the kind of people who do it. And, and quite frankly, they were mostly drug addicted. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh. and, and the lower scale, they couldn't do anything else or they didn't want to do anything else. They could sit on the phone all day and uh, and make a living at it. Right. Right. And and but what surprised me more than anything is that they tended to be really conservative, and their hero at that time that they talked about all the time that whose program they never missed was Morton Downey Jr. Yeah, you remember him? Yeah, who was sort of an early day Trump. I mean, he wasn't terribly bright. Uh, he wasn't terribly good at what he did, but he was outrageous, and he very much. Uh, stoke the prejudices of the lower middle class whites. That's what he did. Right. Well, and, he, did, uh, he, did, he did exactly what Trump did and all these other yeah. people. He appeals to the lowest common denominator. Right. And, and if it sounds like I'm putting down that audience or making making light of that audience, that's because I am. They're the fucking lowest common denominator. We have those people in this country, and you give them a little bit of red meat, they get stirred up and they're fucking noisy. Right. And, you know, and I have to say this, too. There were individuals just like me who did not fit that mold who were doing his job because it was something they could do at the time and, uh, you know, to get them through to the next job. And uh, one of them 
was a guy that we both worked with for several years, Terry Walker. Really? That's where I first met Terry, doing that job. We both wow. left at the same time. And uh, the next thing I saw, next time I saw him was when they, they brought us all in to KBEM for the first meeting when they hired us all. Well, and that's interesting because, you know, as we've talked about before, I don't know where Terry Walker is now, but you and I and Terry Walker did a show together. You guys were, you were the news guy. Terry Walker was the morning guy. I was the traffic guy. And we talked all the time and it was actually a very good show. Yeah. <laughs> up until that time, up until the time where Terry, for whatever reason, was elevated to management and that changed his whole style and how he interacted with people. And then, of course, as so often is the case with me and anybody in management, we did, we kind of butted heads a little bit. But Terry ended up leaving, which which happens when you're in management. If things aren't going right, they fire the fucking manager. Um, yep. But um, you you have to be kind of a a special kind of guy to do that 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 um, um, telemarketing. I, I I did it when I was younger, and I I just couldn't do it because it's it's hard, and and you either need a job. Or you're just a weird kind of person that can do that. It's it, it's a tough job. I can see Terry doing it because he was kind of a funny guy. You know, you know the 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 thing, the thing about Terry that I remember, and I kind of respected him for this. He he had a kind of funny sense of humor and maybe going toward the blue side occasionally. Yep. Definitely. Okay. Okay. But we worked at a radio station that was owned by the Minneapolis Public Schools, <laughs> so that's not real appropriate. Yeah. But but I remember on Valentine's Day, he cut out a heart, a little red heart, and put it on his shirt. And then he'd go on the air and he'd say, well, it's Valentine's Day today. I got a heart on. I'm going to have a heart on all day. <laughs> yes. <laughs> It's true. How he didn't get fired over that, I don't fucking know. Well, because the the district didn't listen to us. And our audio, we built an audience that dug what we did. Yeah, true, true. And uh, uh, right-wingers didn't listen to us because they don't like jazz for the most part. But uh, the the other thing is Terry and I remained friends. Uh, He's down in Arizona. He retired several years ago. And okay, um, good. He, he's been down there for uh, quite some time. But uh, anyway, um, that, I just thought it was funny that uh, and there's one other thing. At one point you did. It wasn't exactly telemarketing. Maybe it was. But you actually worked for my mother-in-law uh, because you had a split shift morning and afternoon. I did. And you would, yeah. Yeah. Oh, she was. What was that? You, you were doing. uh I was trying to remember uh, what you were. You weren't selling. It was like uh, collections or something, I think, or some no, sort of. I haven't, oh, done, yeah. collect- I haven't done collections. Well, I wouldn't do you that. Were doing, you were doing telemarketing. It wasn't collections exactly. What was it she was doing? I, I don't remember. know. Yeah. LaVon well, was her name. LaVon. I have to ask you about that. It doesn't ring a bell yeah. to me, but but okay. I did a lot of weird shit. So that, yeah. that's not surprising. I always yeah, had a second Yeah, that was between job. your shifts. Yeah, you did that for a while. Not a great deal of time, but uh, yeah. uh, yeah. oh, wait, it, it had something to do with uh, like rewards programs with uh, uh, maybe uh, what's the baker? I mean, the, the big, the giant uh, um, flower and all of that kind of thing. Pillsbury, not Pillsbury. 
God, that I'm was not... my, it, it doesn't matter. We're we're boring people to death. Yeah, we're, 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 sure. we're, we're, you yeah, can, we're you can cut this whole thing out. <laughs> no, no, no. We'll leave it in. I want people to hear everything, no matter how ugly and how boring it is. These people will stick with us no matter what. I tell you what, we're going to take a quick break. And then we'll get back to the business at hand, the politics, the current events, and all that stuff. So uh, just hold on. We will be right back. All right. We are back on the Rational Boomer podcast. I'm sure folks out there were wondering with bated breath, why doesn't Mike remember this? We talked off the air here. And uh, uh, there was a time when earlier on when I was doing the traffic reporting and I had six hours in the middle of the day off, I did, I did take a job with a catalog sales company, you know, basically calling in with orders, trying to sell them tolls and stuff like that. I did do that for a short time. And as I told Ed, I would never fucking do it again. Cause that's hard as shit. And I'm fully against doing anything for a living. That is hard. <laughs> that's why I went into radio. That's fucking simple. Um, so we're we're coming into the Christmas season here, Ed, and and some stuff will be kind of put on hold for a couple of days anyway. But it seems like everything's happening pretty fast and furiously. Um, I almost don't want to talk about this because by the time people hear this, we will already know. But I think yeah. it needs to be brought up. There's another meeting today, uh, and that meeting is about Donald Trump's taxes. The House Ways and Means Committee is getting together to talk about it. Now, they finally got his taxes uh, three years after they started doing it. But they have a problem because uh, the House Ways and Means Committee has to figure out what to do with it before January 3rd because the Republicans will come in. They'll sweep the taxes under the rug. They don't want that exposed. And after all this time and all this effort, it will be for naught. So they're in this meeting today at some point. And they're going to have to decide. And I assume the only thing they can decide is to release the taxes or at least portions of the taxes to the public. Do you think they'll take it to that extent? I mean, it sounds like they will, but and I almost have to without being embarrassed. Well, yeah, I mean, they asked for them, asked for them, asked for them. But do they have to release them to the public or was it for their own internal perusal? I guess that's the question to ask. And does it let the genie out of the bottle as far as uh, looking at uh, uh, at people's uh, uh, private uh, financials? Um, now, we know Joe Biden released his. We know that Obama released his, George Bush. Uh, going back, I can't think of the last president who did not release his tax returns right. anyway. Um, now... Uh, Trump, you know, initially said, I'll be glad to do it, but they're, uh, I'm under audit, which he never was, uh, other than um, maybe he was under audit for a little bit. I don't know, but I don't think he was. Uh, and then um, when he became president, he said, why should I? I want, you know, right? But um, I guess you could make a case that people want to be private, but I think the main thing that he wanted to keep hidden was that he not nearly as rich as he pretends to be. Otherwise, no. he wouldn't be raising $4 million with trading cards, um, uh, which uh, which may come back to bite him in the ass. Because I've, I've heard, I read this morning, like the astronaut one he stole from the NASA uh, I think most website. of them he stole, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You know, uh, 
I was pretty sure I'd seen the cowboy one somewhere before and so forth. So they just did a poor job of sticking his face on these uh, already existing images. So there'll be lawsuits on that, I'm sure. Well, but, he, bas- uh, he basically did what he always does. He doesn't get involved with the producing of this. He just right. licenses his name and, and that takes the easy way out and gets some money. And then he gives it to some unethical or unsavory group and they fucking... I mean, I, I'm sure Donald Trump didn't have anything to do with them stealing pictures. He didn't want to know. He just wanted to right. collect the money so they could use his face and his name. And they fucked up because this company, from all we hear, is a pretty unethical, unsavory company. So we shouldn't be surprised that it happened. Who else would work with Trump at this point? Well, yeah, exactly. I mean, I, I, I don't know. You know, the thing about the taxes is, it's important to understand why they wanted the taxes. It wasn't to simply expose Donald Trump. It was because they wanted to look at a rule that apparently the IRS is supposed to uh, audit the taxes of a president and a vice president every year. Yeah. And Congress or the House of Ways and Means Committee is questioning whether the IRS is doing the fucking job at all or doing it properly. So that's why they needed his 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 taxes. But once you're in on the taxes, you're probably going to find that he has income coming from foreign sources. And if those sources yeah. happen to be uh, Russia or Saudi Arabia or what have you, uh, then that's a problem, especially with these top secret documents that he stole. Now, I just read something, and I haven't been able to verify it, but it wouldn't surprise me. When he came into office, apparently he had a $20 million debt with a company tied to North Korea, which yes. is interesting, especially since he's in love with Kim Jong-un. I mean, it's that sort of thing that has to be looked at because not only is it maybe criminal in his aspect, it's obviously very dangerous for this country. Oh, absolutely. It's actually a South Korean company, but that does business with North Korea. Right. Uh, and, and so there is that connection there. It's it's indirect, but it's there. And the fact that he had such a good, quote, good relationship with uh uh, the premier of uh, North Korea makes you wonder if that wasn't a pre-existing relationship, so to speak. Um, I don't think there's a savory per- unsavory person on the planet that Donald Trump doesn't have some sort of connection to, right. uh, whether it be uh, the Saudi prince or king in, in the making, whatever, um, or um, many, many others. Uh, all the oligarchs seem to... Uh, just uh, come to his house to play, so to speak, eventually. And and the reason being, of course, is he enables them. I can remember Eric Trump saying way back on the first year of the Trump presidency when there was uh, when they were talking about financial stuff, and uh, and he said quite straight up, "We don't need American banks. We have all the money we need coming in from Russia." Right. You know, and that- this was at the time that, that that Trump was swearing he had no deals with Russia. Right. And and the thing about it is, is that Trump is criminal enough, has enough experience criminally that nothing's going to come direct. Right. You know, you talked about this being connected to South Korea, then being connected to North Korea. That's not 
That's not surprising. I mean, I've often said there's only one bank in the world that would loan Donald Trump money, and that was Deutsche Bank. But we know Deutsche Bank has a history and has problems with being involved with laundering money, laundering money from Russia. So it makes sense that Russia would send money to Deutsche Bank indirectly and then getting it to Donald Trump and then, you know, taking the heat for whatever Donald Trump owes and is not paying back. There's no way Deutsche Bank would continue working with him if no other bank in the world would work with him because he doesn't pay his bills. There has to be a reason why Deutsche Bank is willing to do that. And it's got to be tied to the laundering with uh, Russia or whoever else they're running money through the company from. Yeah, and I actually believe that's what the cards were for, too to allow yeah. him to to uh, launder some money there. We know that, um, uh, was it Stevens, who suddenly decided to retire from the Supreme Court? Uh, his son worked for Deutsche Bank, and I, I have to wonder if there was something going on there where he was blackmailed into uh, to resigning so they could fill his seat with, uh, you know, the ilk that yeah. they did. Yeah, no, that's probably something to be said about that. I mean, we know that Deutsche Bank's top executives got raided by the FBI and CIA equivalent, uh, yeah. in their country in, in Germany. So there's all kinds of problems with Deutsche Bank and it has to do with Russia. And now they don't even want to deal with Donald Trump because they see the problems with it. Exactly. So anything we can learn from the taxes is great. But at the same time, I, I feel like. If you'll remember back when uh, when Obama was trying to get judges confirmed and they uh, Mitch McConnell wasn't letting that happen. He would not let the judges be brought up to be voted on. Right. So uh, um, I guess it was. Um, um, I'm trying to think of the the Democratic speaker at the time um, said, we'll do the nuclear option, you know, right. we'll just make it. Uh, for judges, it will be uh, that we don't need 60 votes. We just need a majority. And so they started getting judges then. But because they had done that, that's what allowed them to get the, the Republicans then to use that same benchmark uh, to get a Supreme Court justice in. So um, sometimes, even though you, quote, win, uh, down the road, that may be used against you. So I, I'd be very, very careful about this. Um Except, I guess I'd want anybody exposed who's a crook, whether they're a Democrat or a Republican. Oh, I don't agree. care. I don't either. You know, I, so if it led to a Democrat down the road to being uh, whose taxes being uh, put out there and exposed as some sort of criminal, fine, get on with it. Yeah, it's uh, uh, well. The one thing about the Senate right now, because they have fifty-one seats essentially. Um, if the Democrats can do nothing else, they can place an unprecedented amount of judges. And if that's all they right. can do, that's what they should focus on, doing judge yeah. after judge after judge after judge. Uh, if they can't get anything through legislation and through the House of Representatives, uh, then just focus on what you can do and just fucking bury them in, in Democratic dr- judges. Well, this this is the thing, too, and I think uh, people have not really, because we've been focused on Trump's malfeasance and all of this kind of thing, that people have missed, and, and also because the press does chooses not to highlight it, 
for whatever reason, is this, the successes that Joe Biden has had right. in, in getting legislation through. Now, it helps that, uh, that he had control of the House. But he still had to deal with uh, Joe Manchin and Cinema, and even some other uh, more uh, moderate uh, people in the Senate uh, and, th- and that sort of thing. But he has been masterful at getting his agenda through. I don't think that's over with. And part no, of it has I don't to, either. Part, part of it has to do with he's been around long enough that he knows the tricks of the trade. He also knows a lot of people owe him. Yeah. Republicans and Democrats. I mean, there used to be a time when a Republican would come to a Democrat and say, I really need to get this through, Joe. And and my survival depends on it. And I will owe you one if you help me do it. And it could be a Republican or a Democrat. And if he did, then he definitely uh, took note of that. And there comes a time to pay the piper. So so uh, uh, people who, who uh, discount term limits, yes, it's a double-edged sword. But having a Pelosi, having a Biden, uh, even having a Chuck Grassley, who've been in there forever. Um, I think uh, Grassley was nominated or was, was first elected with George Washington, if I yeah, remember. Yeah, I think I think it was George, yeah. or it might it, it might have been uh, uh, Thomas Jefferson, but I'm not yeah, sure. Yeah, could have won. It was one of them. But uh, you know, they've been in there long enough that they've seen pretty much every scenario, and they know how to work with it. Um, so uh, I wouldn't count us out of being able to get some stuff done during this next two years. Oh, I wouldn't either. No, I think they'll get some things done. I mean, Joe Biden is considered probably the most successful president in his first year or first two years of anybody in history. He's gotten a lot accomplished and he had a lot of hurdles to jump over, but he found a way. And I think that is one of the biggest differences between Donald Trump and Joe Biden over and above corruption and criminality and honesty and all that shit over and above all of that. The big difference between Joe Biden and Donald Trump is Joe Biden knows how to play the game. And this machine being the government is bigger than any one individual. So he knew how to manipulate and play the machine. Donald Trump has no fucking clue. He just pulled shit out of his ass thinking he could win or thinking he could accomplish something based on how powerful he was. And clearly he was mistaken. Joe Biden knows you have to be use a little more finesse. Donald Trump doesn't even know how to fucking spell or pronounce finesse. That's right. Now, uh, and I'm going to throw this in real quick here, but uh, to sing another praise of Joe Biden, uh, the Republicans lost their minds when he released uh, barrels of oil from the Strategic Reserve. You remember yeah. that? Yep. Oh, it was the worst thing ever, right? Turns out the United States made $4 billion by doing that yeah. because they were able to sell that oil when prices were really high. Right. Now prices have come down, so to replace that oil will be so much cheaper. So it was a net gain to the U.S. to do that and also lowered gas prices at the same time, not only in the U.S., but worldwide. It was a masterstroke, and people should be blowing trumpets and beating drums and saying, damn, Joe, that was the right thing to do. Absolutely. Well, you know, the thing about it is is, is, is that the only thing the Republicans seem to have to complain about with uh, with with the Democrats is inflation and gas prices. Well, and the border. 
the border is a problem, always been a problem, will always be a problem that nobody's been able to figure out how to fix it. But as you say, I the know. Republicans and the Democrats can't come together. So that's really the, the Jones problem. plan. I've got the Jones plan. Go ahead. Give it to us. All right. You've got all these people coming and I'm not I'm not convinced that there isn't a hand of the oligarchs in this that they aren't going down to these countries and giving people the idea that they can waltz across the border and transporting them part of the way. That would not surprise me one bit. And that the, the Republicans are, are know this is happening and they're just fine with it, right? But once they get here, these are people in need. That's what it comes down to. This right. is the wretched refuse, right? right. It's written on the, the, the base of the Statue of Liberty that uh, we've always taken in. And then suddenly now we can't do that anymore. Well, we can't. What we need to do is is simply a logistics problem. You have all these people coming to the southern border, right? Right. Because it's convenient. They are in South and Central America, right, where things are tough. So they come to that border. Well, what we need, they used to come to New York on ships. And where did they go? They went to Ellis Island. I'm not saying reopen Ellis Island, but I'm saying create something like that. Create this gigantic uh, immigrant camp somewhere where where you are feeding them, housing them, giving them health care and so forth uh, far better than they've ever had before. And that you are gradually then uh, putting them out into the country. So it's not just the border states that are that are getting hit so hard. That uh, there's no reason, and we've seen it. I mean, we have thousands. We had thousands of Hispanics in uh, in Minnesota who harvested the the Jolly Green Giants crops and so right. forth, and and fixed our roofs and and did the landscaping and were nannies and all of that. Right? You get them in. You uh, you give them a pathway to citizenship over a number of years. Right. You uh, and and you give them an employment where they're not being exploited, where they actually build benefits and so forth. You can integrate these people into our society just like we've always done. I mean, at one at once upon a time, Irish were hated. They were despised. We don't want the Irish, right? Now nobody gives a crap right. whether you're Irish or Italian. I just watched uh, uh, It's a Wonderful Life the other day. And uh, who are the who are, who is uh, Mr. Potter is so against? It's the Italians. He calls them garlic eaters and and yeah. uh, you know rabble and so forth. And that was common at the time. Uh, we've done it with Eastern Europeans in, in Minnesota. I mean, you know, they had to go on the Iron Range because they were so despised. With Germans, with everybody who's come to this country has initially been despised, right? And then they are gradually become part of the culture and nobody gives a crap anymore. The ones who can't escape it as easily, of course, are Asians and black people because they stand out, but they are, they can and do become excellent citizens given time. We just have to keep that up. Just do what we've always done right now. We have a, uh, we have a political party that wants to demonize and keep out anybody who isn't a white American uh, because they uh, they fear that they will be treated the way they've treated everybody else. That's right. what at the bottom of it. We've been treating everybody else like crap for 300 years, so naturally they're going to come after us. And that's bullshit. They don't do it. 
but no. uh, just give, give everybody a piece of the pie and it's everybody's happy you know well, then they can produce whatever they can produce or achieve whatever they can achieve that's the jones plan give them okay. a pass to citizenship spread them out all over the country and give them an initial intake center where they could be um um just basically have their needs processed. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, the thing about it is, is th- that makes sense. And I think it makes economic sense too. Yes. We're in an unusual situation in this country in that we have a shortage of employees. So That's the idea right. that these people would come in and take our jobs is a little silly, given we can't uh-huh. fill the jobs we have. So we let them in and help fill the jobs, creates more commerce, creates more success for the companies, and that in turn, as they get paid on their way to becoming uh, 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 citizens, they're also paying taxes. So we're creating yes. more income for the country. I don't right. see what the downside of it is. Other than, other than color, and, and that's that's a ridiculous problem. Now, I'm guessing if you went to the Republicans and said, yeah, we're letting everybody in on the border, but you get to make them slaves, they'd be all in on that. Oh, yeah. They'd be all I'm in on me. that. I'll take three. <laughs> I need a nanny and a gardener and, yeah. uh, and a chauffeur. But 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 the the whole idea of people coming across the border and how tragic it is. I mean, there is a, a humanitarian problem down there just by virtue of people being, you know, living in in filth on the border waiting to get through. Now there there was a story recently how the Republicans were outraged that uh, uh, the border. They confiscated like a million fentanyl pills and pot and cocaine and stuff like that. And they were saying, see, there's nothing but trouble down there. And my thought is, if you're bitching about Biden and all these drugs, well, they caught these motherfuckers. Those million pills of fentanyl are not going to be in this country because they did the fucking job. I mean, they're so ridiculous. They're arguing against themselves. Exactly. And we know for a fact that most fentanyl doesn't come across the border. Most drugs don't come across the border. They come at the ports of entry in those great big uh, metal uh, containers uh, hidden with other stuff. That's where they come from. They're smuggled in by American citizens. They're sold by American citizens for the most part. Right. It has absolutely nothing to do with that, that mother with three kids and, uh, you know, stumbling across the Rio Grande. They are not carrying fentanyl. Well, the interesting thing is they always say, well, there's rapists and killers coming across the border. Think about this. Um, you know, of course, there will be people that are illegal aliens that come across the border and commit crimes. That will happen. But the vast majority of the problems we see with shooters in schools and stores and killers and drug dealers, they're not foreigners. They're fucking citizens of this country. In every every grouping of people, there will be some bad apples. But to suggest the vast majority of people coming across the border are criminals and rapists is just fucking ridiculous. There's no facts that prove that out. They're not. There are more criminals and rapists in the House of Representatives. Right yeah, now. there you go. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> than there are in the immigrants. I mean, I, that's a joke, sort of. I think but you're probably it's, it's, right. I'm, I think I'm really accurate on it. But uh, yeah, that that's that's what's happening. And there are statistics to show that illegal immigrants commit far less crime, other than being illegal, 
than uh, than our own citizens because they know the consequences. If they're caught committing a crime, out they go, and they'll never get back in unless they you know sneak back in. But uh, so they they tend not to commit crimes. They tend to keep. As a matter of fact they are much more often the victims of crimes and, and it's a, it's a theft of labor. Um, happened right here not too long ago with a meatpacking plant. Uh, ice swept in and grabbed, uh, I don't know, 400 people, uh, illegals working in this meatpacking plant. Guess who called him? Who? The people who own the meatpacking plant because yeah, they didn't want to pay them. Yeah. You know, they got rid of them and they brought in a whole new crew. And they suffered no consequences. They were not charged with anything. You know, I saw the same thing happen in Mississippi. This, this is this is the way it works. They are exploited, and, and they are often. You know, I uh, I heard of a, a guy who uh, routinely hires undocumented people to to work on his roofing crew, right. and uh, then when he when it's time to pay him, when he can't you know, put them off anymore. He just turns them in and gets more. Right. Have you heard about this guy who was elected to the house of representatives in New York? Have you heard about this guy? George Santos. He's a Republican. He's part of the reason why the uh, Republicans now have a slim majority in the house. This guy, he's a kid. Um, He, uh, um, 35 years, 34 years old, something like that. But this guy, you know, it looks like the typical polished Republican. But we're finding out that his resume, there's nothing true about it. Right. His, his, his work record, people have had no indication, no ties to him at all. They talked about money that his family had, and there's no connection to it. He even did a fundraiser at an animal shelter, but the animal shelter never received any of the money. I mean, this guy is an absolute... Sounds like Trump. It sounds like Trump. I mean, he's an absolute flim-flam man. And how does a guy like this win an election? But but the question is, um, the question is, what do they do with that? I mean, this guy got elected in a fair and legal election. But the people voted for somebody that they weren't aware they were voting for because everything that he played out was not true. I mean, it's not just he lied about one thing on his resume. He lied about everything on his resume, where he went yeah, to we school, don't even what know he worked. If it, we don't even know if that's his real name, right? No, no. And in fact, we know that he is a criminal of sorts because I think it was in South America someplace, Brazil, he was convicted of check fraud. Now, I'm sure that didn't come out in the campaign. But, no. you know, I, I think these parties, Democrats and Republicans alike, need to vet some of these candidates because it's going to come back to slap them on the face. This guy is going to walk into the House of Representatives on January 3rd, and he's going to be a joke from the word go. And the Democrats are going to target him for every fucking thing he does, and they should. Yeah, he shouldn't even be able to be allowed in, quite frankly. I don't know why he isn't under some sort of investigation. 
for well they're asked they're asking him to resign but he ain't going to resign i mean donald trump wouldn't have resigned he's just going to say well that's not true that's not true and 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 we know the 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 uh, control and the power in our government has no fucking teeth so he'll probably just slide in and be the next marjorie taylor green uh, it may be. I'm, I'm hoping there's some mechanism they can that even the Republicans would go. Oh my God, this is this is terrible. We've got to do something about this. Let's just you know expel this guy and we'll have a new election. We'll probably win that one too, based on the gerrymandering and redistricting. You know, so yeah, um, they they might do that. There's a there's a another floor. I guess he's not. I guess he's state. This guy in Florida who ran a nursing home and stole drugs from the, yeah, the yeah. patients, you know, yeah. and uh, there, there's been about 10 or 12 Republicans over the last couple of months who are, you know, they're either they either got him for child pornography or some something. It's been sex a trafficking, anyway. yeah. sex trafficking, that kind of thing. So. Um, I don't know if I don't know if the, if they'll have a majority by the time it's time to seat everybody or not. We'll see. Well, well that's um, it. There's a lot of changes that happened in the House of Representatives. You got 430 some representatives, and and things happen. People die. People get sick. People resign. People get indicted. People go to fucking jail. So this slim margin might be pretty precarious for the Republicans. That could change. Or, or, you know, if, if, if some of these sitting members of Congress get, uh, get expelled for their connection to the January 6th insurrection, who knows? This, this, uh, this majority in the House of Representatives by the Republicans and whoever ends up being the Speaker of the House may be, may be short lived. Because yeah. there's a lot of stuff working against them, and they don't have a big enough majority to hold on to this fucking thing. Yeah, I'm wondering how long they have to choose a speaker, because this could take some time. Um, even after the first of the year, uh, if McCarthy doesn't have 218 votes, how long can he stall? And, uh, and, and if that's the case, if he can't come up with them, uh, he might be able to bribe his way into it. I don't know. We'll see. I mean, he's giving a lot of power to some very unsavory folks who will probably come right back and bite him. Um, Marjorie Taylor, no Green, question. Matt Gates, Andy Biggs, um, any any power he gives them, he's going to regret because they're going to use it against him. I mean, they've been demonizing him for the last six months. Do you know how long it's been since a Speaker of the House wasn't voted in on the first ballot. You know how long that's been? It's been exactly no, a, exactly a hundred years, nineteen twenty three. Wow. So if he doesn't if they can't come together on a speaker of the house, it's going to be horribly embarrassing uh for the Republican Party. And if they can't come together on the uh Speaker of the House, how are they going to govern anything? How are they going to legislate anything? And that's what I was saying before. They have a slim majority, but they are far weaker than the Democrats at this point. Yeah, I you sometimes wonder if it, if it isn't on purpose. Uh, look at Mar, Mar, both Marjorie Taylor Greene and uh, Lauren Boebert. Uh, I um, I don't know about the others, but both of them went in um, not being wealthy people. Both of right. them are millionaires now, right. and it's because uh, when they're not in Washington. Uh, they're flying around to all of these different cities where they're having these little Republican gets-togethers, and they're they're earning, you know, 
$15,000 a year, $50,000 there for, for being a part of these things. I, there's one today or this weekend, I think it is, uh, some sort of fest thing that, with uh, Carrie Lake and all of these. They'll all be there. They'll all be giving their speeches, and they'll all be taking their little cut of the pie, and it all adds up. Um, they're, they're millionaires now, and uh, they live on controversy. Yeah. You know, it's funny. I, I, I never had an interest in, in running for office, but I got to be honest with you, you know, looking at my <laughs> paltry fortune right now, if I could get a seat in the House of Representatives just for two years, a one term type deal. And if I could take my paltry fortune and turn it into what, 10 or 12 million dollars, that might be worth two years of my time. I can talk yeah, some no shit. Kidding. I can get loud and obnoxious. You know that as well as anybody. I maybe do I indeed. Could, maybe I could turn this into a profit-making venture. Well, there you go. I might, I might join you. I, I, my wife told me she'd kill me, uh, so yeah. I can't do it. But uh, um, it, it crossed my mind at one time <laughs> that that may be the motivation for a lot of these people. They see what can be done because number one, uh, they, you could either make it the way I just described with, you know, uh, all of these different opportunities to uh, um, address your peers and, and get a few dollars out of it. But also when you're on a committee, you learn things uh, about industries. You learn things about what companies are going to do and so forth. And it's very easy to direct your money. Uh, your investment, so forth, for for a quick, pretty quick payoff, right? Yeah. So they do that as well. And there's not too many, unless there was some way to restrict people from being on committees that that uh, that regulate industries where they have uh, you you'd just be prohibited from investing in anything that comes before your committee, uh, right. maybe. But they're right. not going to do that because there are no poor people in Congress. No, or the Senate. no, uh, they may have come in on the middle class side, but they never leave the middle class side. Did you hear that Lauren Boebert and uh, and Marjorie Taylor Greene are kind of uh, butting heads? You know, because Marjorie Taylor Greene is supporting Kevin McCarthy. Lauren Boebert um, uh, doesn't uh, um, uh, like Kevin McCarthy, so they're kind of calling each other out. They're making fun of one another's uh, um, <laughs> one another's conspiracy theories. I think Lauren Boebert called her out in a tweet for the uh, Jewish space lasers causing yeah. the fires. Her own people are fucking calling her out on her stupidity. So it's going to be interesting to see if they destroy themselves from within because they they're not only not unified but they are adversarial within their own party, and that. Uh just presumes uh, destruction. I'm sure Vince McMahon's taking a look at this and thinking, hey, I got a cage match coming up here. Yeah. You know, uh, <clears throat> I mean, people forget that Donald Trump was heavily involved with uh, <clears throat> wrestling and Vince McMahon there for a while. So well, he, uh, he hired he hired Vince McMahon's mm-hmm. wife for, what, the Small Business Association or something yeah. to run that yeah. shit? Jesus yeah. Christ. I mean, he was all about the show and not about details and not about doing anything. And and uh, I think from here on out, we're going to see Donald Trump 
spin. I was talking to Tony Michaels on the show a couple of podcasts ago, and he's convinced that Donald Trump will be a candidate for president in 2024. And I, I honestly just don't see it over and above the fact that the Republicans don't want him as their candidate and will not want them him as their candidate. The next two years are going to be very stressful for Donnie Trump. And I don't know if you've noticed, but Donnie Trump is not in the best physical condition. He's going to be 78 years old in 2024, and all he eats is Big Macs. So it's conceivable he may not be in the best of health, either mentally or physically, in two years. Oh, I, I, um, I'll i be surprised, really surprised, <clears throat> if he's still kicking. Yeah, or or ambulatory, you know. Yeah. There, he'll be he'll be he'll be he'll be disabled if not dead in the next two years. I'm convinced you can't have all these investigations, all these indictments, the thought of going to prison and being embarrassed. That's going to weigh on him pretty heavily. Even a narcissistic sociopath like him, eventually, it's going to take its toll. Yeah, one can only hope, and. Uh... <clears throat> It's not just him. I mean, uh, I just saw a picture of Jared Kushner and uh, Elon Musk in Saudi Arabia watching the World Cup yeah. with with uh, a bunch of uh, Saudi Arabian, you know, uh, royalty. Um, right. There's something going on there. I mean, I know uh, Elon Musk's number two investor at Twitter is Saudi Arabia. Absolutely. We know, we know that... Uh, uh, um, the other guy I just mentioned, uh, Jared uh, Kushner, Kushner, uh, his uh, he got two billion dollars from Saudi uh, Arabia to manage, which means he's getting big bucks for managing it. You know, Twenty five million a year to manage it. And he's never yeah. managed money before. Yeah. Tell me how that. So, makes. yeah, that's a payoff of some sort. Uh, he, uh, as you say, even the Saudi Arabian agency that signs off on that kind of thing said no 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 you don't want to do this but the prince went ahead and did it anyway uh it was a payoff for something that had already been accomplished i think they gave them nuclear secrets uh helped their nuclear program along that's what i think because trump tried to do it straightforward and congress said no you can't do that so yeah, i i, I fully not- believe that's what happened and not necessarily American secrets, although they could have. It was more about sure. the Israeli Israeli secrets. We know that happened. Yeah. They, they turned over Israeli information to the Saudi Arabians and, oops, oh, I didn't mean to do that. I had no eye fucking idea. Yeah. So uh, we'll see what transfers. All it needs is a good micro- microscope uh, on uh, those deals and we'll see what comes of that. You know, Ivanka has some troubles there. I, I noticed that the committee mentioned that she wasn't forthcoming in her, uh, interview with the committee. Uh, they may, she may be one of those folks that they refer. We'll see. Yeah. They are going to be under the microscope. Well, I tell you, Ed, we're going to wrap things up for the rational boomer podcast. Thank you very much for stepping in today and uh, talking about uh, all the shit going on and the hearing and all of this. We've got plenty more to talk about. So you and I'll get together again sometime soon. Yeah. Well, just give me a holler and we'll see what can, uh, you know, it's, it's difficult with the holidays and so forth, but uh, I'm glad to be able to do it today. All right. Well, thank you very much, Ed. 
to you folks at home. Uh, thank you for taking the time out of the day, spending some time to listen to the Rational Boomer podcast. I hope you have a great day, and we will talk again tomorrow. Thanks for listening to the Rational Boomer podcast. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. We'll see you next time.